You're listening to David and Jeff's Survivor Podcast. Now here's your host, David and Jeff. Hello and welcome to David and Jeff's Survivor Podcast. I'm David and with me as always is... Jeff! How are you doing, Jeff? I'm wonderful, David. How are you? I'm doing great. I'm excited to talk about uh, more Survivor characters. This is part two of our discussion. We're making a list of the top 20 Survivor characters of all time. So we're going uh, looking at 61 different Survivors, talking about them, seeing where they rank on the list. Jeff, do you want to remind everyone what are our criteria for these Survivor characters? Let's hope I can remember them. The first one is entertainment value. So was the person, you know, uh, joking around, having a good time, entertaining the audience during their time on Survivor? The second one is, I believe, the story, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, so the story that the person had, did they have a good character arc throughout the season? Did they contribute to the overall storyline of the season, or were they kind of a side or tertiary character? And the third one, I believe, is originality. Originality, yes. All right, there we go. Well, let's get started back on our list. Let's first recap what we have so far. We have at number one currently Richard Hatch, number two Yao Man Chan, number three Judd Sargent, number four Lillian Morris, number five Tom Buchanan, number six Sean Rector, number seven Rob Sesternino, number eight Corinne Kaplan, number nine Dreams Heard, Number 10, Greg Buis. Number 11, Eliza Orleans. Number 12, John Cochran. Number 13, Kat Ederson. Number 14, Cass McQuillan. Number 15, Sierra Easton. And number 16, Michael Scoopin. You ready to continue on this list? Yes, I think we've got a good list so far. All right, well, let's see what we can do here. The next person... On our list is the one, the only, Tyson Apostle. What are your thoughts on Tyson? Um, Tyson was one of my favorite characters for a really long time in Survivor, um, mainly for his stay on Survivor token sheets. I think that if you kind of forget about the other two seasons, in which he does do some funny things, but forget about the other two seasons, his, like, average joke per screen time ratio might be higher than anyone else's. Like, him in Survivor Token Sheens is just joke after joke after joke, and that's all he cares about is being funny. Um, I really enjoyed him. I think he scores off the charts on the entertainment uh, kind of factor of one of, you know, which are one of our three factors. Off the charts on entertainment, um, one of the funniest people that they've ever had on Survivor. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. Um, very funny. I thought uh, he, he's sort of funny in a negative way in the first season where you sort of root against him. The second season, while he was there very briefly, I found him a little more rootable just because, like, when you put him on a tribe of all villains, I'm like, I sort of like this guy. And then, uh, obviously, in Blood vs. Water, he played a much more <laughs> serious game um, but he, he was still very entertaining to me. So, yes, I think he uh, has lots of entertainment value. What about storyline? Well, that storyline's interesting because I think his overall, 
you know, three-season story arc is probably better than any of the individual season story arcs he has, because his overall story arc is he's this jokester who's just playing the game, and then when he, or he, he's this jokester who's not really worried about playing the game, excuse me, you know, and he's just kind of going with the flow and being funny and hating Sierra, and then he comes back and he's like, okay, I'm going to try this time, and he thinks he's making this great strategic move, and he makes probably one of the dumbest moves in Survivor history. And then he comes back again and tries to play again. So I think, and, and wins the third time. So I think his overall three-season story arc is really good, where he's kind of the guy who doesn't want to play the game, the guy who doesn't know how to play the game, and then the guy who finally knows how to play the game effectively. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, I think he has, uh, obviously, he was a, he doesn't really have much of any storyline in Heroes versus Villains. Other than him being an idiot in that one, <laughs> that one vote. Um, Token Cheens, I see his storyline as the really cocky guy who then gets, you know, <laughs> blindsided and, and cut at his prime. And uh, yeah, Blood vs. Water, a great storyline of you know his loved one getting voted out and then coming from uh, taking that and channeling it to actually win the game. So I would say, um, yeah, as far as his third season. Uh, great storyline, his first season, good storyline, and his middle season, no storyline. Um, I think Tyson was pretty original. I mean, I'm trying to think of other funny characters who were like him at all, but I don't know that there were many. Like, there weren't many people who were really overtly mean in confessionals and incredibly funny and entertaining around camp life, willing to wear man tiara, things like that. I'd say he's very original. Yeah. As far as his ridiculousness, but also being credible. And that's hard to say, but, I mean, you look at Philip Shepard, who's very ridiculous, but you want you always question his intentionality behind everything he does. Whereas Tyson, you know everything he's doing. Like, he's coming up, he's like, oh, this will be a good line. And he like he's saying it, he's doing this these ridiculous things like wearing a cupcake belt and, uh, you know, different things like that. But he's he's doing it very purposefully. Which So he's not just a crazy person, but he's a person being ridiculous uh, to get laughs or to get attention in some way. Yeah, I agree. So where does he fall on our list? Any thoughts, Jeff? I would put him pretty high. All right. Higher or lower than Sean Rector? I would put him higher because I think he had a better storyline. How about higher or lower than Tom Buchanan? I think they're probably about equal on entertainment and about equal on originality. So I don't know. What do you th- Does Tyson or Tom have a better storyline? I, I would put him under Tom. Okay. I can agree with that. All right. So we're putting Tyson in at number six, which means three more people to make the top 20 and then we're going to start kicking people out. Good, I love that part. Alright, so you ready for our next person? Yes. Alright, who do you think it's going to be? Do you have to get, are you going to give me some sort of clue or? Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, Let's go around what season? Let's do that again. Oh, around what season? So Tyson was 18, so let's say seasons 7 to 9. Seven to nine, we go to Holly Hoffman. I was close. <laughs> yeah, right. 
Holly Hoffman from Survivor Nicaragua. What are your thoughts on Holly, Jeff? Um, I mean, Holly was Holly was great because Nicaragua was one of those seasons where I heard a lot about it before I watched it because I didn't watch it while it aired. So all I heard about was this crazy Holly lady who buried people's shoes and did all this crazy stuff and then eventually got her crap together and almost won. And so I was very intrigued by her going in, and I mean, I, I think she delivered absolutely. I mean, what, I mean, I know you're a much bigger Holly fan than I am just in terms of the entertainment value, so maybe you should also uh, chime in on this one. I'm a big fan, and we'll be talking about this a little more as we get to um, other people on the list. Um, I'm a big fan of people who start the game as a certain character or archetype, and then they completely change. And that's sort of what happened with Holly. I mean, the very first episode, okay, she's sort of nice. And by episode two, she's full-fledged crazy. And she's going to quit the game. She's burying people's shoes in the water. Um, there's, it's a lot of insanity. Um, but then what, how she manages to, <laughs> to come back from that and survive and actually, you know, have a solid strategy and make alliances and nice and, and get voted out in the fourth arguably because she would probably would have won, um, is, is just a real testament. So I enjoy characters who flip the script throughout the season. I like storylines that suddenly change. Like you're like, all right, well, I know this character. Obviously, this is the crazy lady. We're going to see the crazy lady this whole season. Well, no, <laughs> we see the crazy lady actually turn into a quite savvy uh, game player. Yeah, Absolutely. So uh, as far as that goes, and I guess that ties in more with storyline than entertainment, but I found I find her very entertaining. Obviously, it was entertaining to be crazy, but just her storyline of that that big shift was very interesting to me. And I don't I don't think we've had anyone quite like Holly. We've had people like Coach who maybe two seasons later they tried to say, okay, well look, now he's learned, now he's a good game player. But never have we had someone really who was absolutely crazy and then halfway through the season actually turns it around and, and becomes one of the better players in the game. Yeah, in the same season, I absolutely agree. In that sense, I think she she's high on originality as well. So the question is, where does she fall on our list? Higher or lower than Eliza? Um, I would put her probably higher than Eliza. Higher but or lower than Greg Buis? I'd put her lower than Greg Buis. Okay, I'm okay with that. Above Greg is Dreams, and I thought she he she doesn't go above Dreams, so I'm okay putting her below Greg. Either. Holly Hoffman at number twelve. Mike's on the bubble at eighteen. We have two more before maybe one of them will get lower than him. We'll find out. Are we ready for the next one? Sure. Here we go. Oh, wait. What season? Season range. I was feeling 7 to 9 before. I'm going to go with the same thing because I think maybe I was I was preempting 7 to 9. So I'll go seven, 7 to 9 again. 7 to 9. Ozzy Lust. Not 7 to 9. But the challenge plus 9 is 16, which he was on. There you go. Oops. All right. What are your thoughts on Ozzy? I loved Ozzy in Cook Islands. <laughs> okay. 
Um, I was a big fan. I mean, I think everyone loved Ozzy and Cook Islands. He was the, you know, it was really, Cook Islands was a story, other than the underdog story of the I-24. Cook Islands was a story about brains versus brawn, right? Who was going to win? Was it going to be the guy who won all the challenges or the guy who masterminded the entire overthrow, right? One of them had to win unless it was Becky, which wasn't going to happen. So, um, and I think that's why the final three being introduced in season 13 actually works, because most likely both of them would not have made it to the final two, because Yule would have taken Becky, Ozzy would have taken Becky, and Becky wouldn't have ta- would have only been able to take one of them. So having the season three in this, sorry, the final three in this season actually worked. So Ozzy's story actually created this great, inter- and he was so entertaining when he was playing because everyone wanted him to win. He had this long, like, surfer hair, and he was winning all the challenges, and everyone loves a challenge winner. If you look at season 12, you got Terry Dietz, um, and everyone loved Terry Dietz except for the weirdos who hated Terry Dietz. So I loved Ozzy in season 13. And then he comes back for season 16 and is this total jerk. I did not like Ozzy in season 16. He gets blindsided and it makes me laugh. It's great. And then he comes back in season 23 again, and he almost wins again, right? He's a tribal council away from winning. He spends the entire game on Redemption Island. He creates this entire new strategy for play where he says, I'm going to go to Redemption Island. I'm going to use it as a strategy in the game, which I thought really helped the season 23. I thought it was really entertaining. doesn't mean I wanted him to win or I liked him, but it was enjoyable. So I'd say his storyline is actually pretty good, and his entertainment for at least one of his seasons is really, really high. Yeah, I'm not as big of a fan of Ozzy as you are, Jeff. Um, In Cook Islands, I was never... I mean, I, I agree that he was entertaining and brought a lot to the season, but for me, I was, ever since he, you know, threw the challenge and got rid of Billy, I was I was anti-Ozzy. Uh, and, I mean, once the, I, you know, the mutiny happened, I was pro the I-24, so then proxy, I was rooting for him, but uh, I was definitely a lot more Yule and Becky over Ozzy. And I was like, if someone's going to screw this up, it's probably going to be Ozzy, you know. But I do think he brought a lot of value to the season, so I'm not taking away anything uh, from him there. Yeah, definitely not a big fan of him in, in Micronesia. He, I think he was set up. He was, he, he was pretty well loved after Cook Islands, and I think maybe they intentionally showed him very jerky because of the blind side that was going to happen to him. So they wanted to to more look like Sweet Justice. And uh, South Pacific, yeah, I wasn't really rooting for him at all. And, you know, other than challenges, if it wasn't for him being a challenge beast, he wouldn't have even been anywhere close to the finals. So Right. So for me, um, entertainment, he's pretty high. I mean, he brings a lot to every season that he's in. Storyline, I think he had a pretty decent storyline every season he was in. Um, But not like amazing storyline and originality to me that's probably his weakest category just because what makes him original is he wins challenges which isn't as original but you know it's sort of what defines him almost yeah not not much else so I guess that means where should Ozzy go on the list I don't put him too terribly high is he higher than Eliza I would say probably not Higher than Cochran. That one I'm back and forth on. Higher than Cat. I would say no, he's not higher than Cat. Really? I would say he's higher than Cat. <sighs> David, David, David. 
I think he's Lucky. brought, character-wise, he's brought more than Cat has. That's fair. So would you put him above Cochran? That's a tough one. Uh, let's put him. Let's put him at fifteen. Under Cochran, above Cat. Under Cochran, above Cat. All right, you haven't been good so far this podcast. Where are we going next, Jeff? Yeah, I've not been doing so well. Um, two to four. Two to four. Jerry Manthe, you made the right call there. That's where my seven to nine was coming from as well. <laughs> there you go. Jerry Manthe, what are your thoughts on Jerry? Oh, wow. Jerry is interesting because she has, you know, the second most, no, third most now, time between seasons, right? Between 2 and 20 in terms of how long her span has gone. And in well, season 2... 8 to 20. I meant, like, in between original season and most recent season. Oh, okay. That's what I meant. And in season two, she's probably the most hated person ever on Survivor. Because I don't think even Richard Hatch was more hated than she was. I was also eight, so I don't... I wasn't too big on the internet at that age. But probably the most hated person. She comes back for season eight, and everyone still hates her, and she gets voted off. And it's funny, because she gets voted off in lieu of Amber who was Boston Rob's girlfriend, and she basically, her getting voted off basically determines what's going to happen for the next six weeks on Survivor. Then she comes back for season 20, and when she's put up against Russell and Parvati as villains, everyone actually roots for her and seems to like her, and she actually has a real shot at winning, which is interesting, because no one ever thought that would happen. And actually, I've introduced a number of people to Survivor, and whenever they're watching season two, they're like, oh, I hate Jerry. She's a horrible person. And I'm like, just wait, because when season 20 rolls around, you will actually like Jerry. I like Jerry after season 20. It's great. So in terms of storyline, I think her storyline is absolutely ridiculously good because she goes from this horrible villain to kind of the sacrificial lamb for Lex and Kathy to this person who you're actually somewhat rooting for to win if Sandra's not there and who has a real shot at it. Yeah, I think... Um as far as storylines through over the course of multiple seasons, she may be one of the best. Like you said, to, for being uh, viled and and hated in um, in Africa or in Australia to ending up, you know, being voted out in fourth place because she's too likable and could win the jury um, jury votes. So that's uh, a big turnaround, and I think. I think it also helps that she had Colby in every one of her seasons, um, so we got to see their dynamic every every time as well. But uh, yeah, I agree. Her storyline is great. I think her entertain her entertainment sort of dwindles every season. I would say. Um, mm -hmm. I would agree. I would say there. I mean, there's so many huge characters, and here's a villain. She's sort of more in the background. But like you said, she's likable. She she is. Uh, Rootable, but I mean, entertainment-wise, she sort of dwindles there. Originality, um, yeah, I think she's pretty original. I mean, everyone, everyone in these first, you know, couple seasons of Survivor are very unique and original, just because they were choosing people from all walks of life, and we really got to know them. I think a lot more than people on recent seasons, with if we get to know them or not. So. Um, right. I would say her originality is pretty high. 
And just as a point of order, are her and Colby the only pair to play three times together besides Amanda and James? Are there any other people that played three times together? I think that's it. Just her and Colby and Amanda and James. I was just curious. All right. So, where do we put Jerry on the list? Higher or lower than Greg? I would probably put her higher than Greg. Higher or lower than Dreams? I think her story's better than Dreams, so I would put her higher. Uh, higher or lower than Corinne? I'm thinking higher. I would agree. Higher or lower than Rob C? I would say Rob's more entertaining and Rob has a better story in terms of one season. Okay. Jerry has a better multi-story, multi-season story. Let's put her at number nine, then. Okay. Jerry Manson. Nine, nine. And as uh, as we all know, this can change if we look at it like, wait, that's not right. And Basically, a lot of these people... The last three hours is going to mean nothing, or the first three hours is going to mean nothing, because at the end we're just going to put it however we wanted it anyway. <laughs> well, and also, you know, 90% of these people could not be here, you know, after we get through everyone on the list. It's true. Speaking of which... Jerry Anthony's castmate, Michael Scoopin, currently on the bubble at 20th. Currently on the bubble, and we are about to get into the elimination section of the list making. We now have, we've talked about 20, we've ranked them, but we're getting to the 21st, which means someone's going to get bumped. Either this person is not even going to make the list, or this person is going to be replacing Mike Scoopin on the list. So, are you ready to find out who it is? Yes. All right. If it's Janet Koth, I've got a strong feeling that she's not going to make the list. Hmm. I guess we'll find out right here. Here we go. That's better. All right. Season range, what do you think? We just went two, so we'll go with 23 to 25. 23 to 25? Nope. Stephanie LaGrosa from Survivor Palau and Guatemala and Heroes vs. Villains. All right. What are your thoughts on Stephanie? I was a big fan of her in one of her seasons, a not-so-big fan of her in two of her seasons. Can you like you guess which? How did you know? Yeah. I'm the one Stephanie fan from Guatemala, actually. No, um, obviously, just like everyone else in the world, I loved her in Palau and despised her in Guatemala. <laughs> and Heroes vs. Villains. For me, Heroes vs. Villains, I mean, I wasn't necessarily rooting for her, but I did think she got a bad rap and a raw deal, how everything went down. But uh, I can't say I was like, oh, I'm so disappointed she got voted out. I was more like, whew, I'm glad it wasn't Tom or Colby. But, right, exactly. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I did, I did feel a little bad for her. Like, James saying that she's a curse. I mean, come on. Um, to be fair. <laughs> But uh, obviously, uh, entertainment-wise, she. Let's look at her first two seasons. She definitely brought entertainment. I would actually say she brought more entertainment on her second season in Guatemala. Um, yeah, she was the be, most. She was probably the most villain. entertaining person in Guatemala besides Judd. Yeah, being a villain, though not a hero, I thought she was very entertaining. Storyline, Palau's probably the best storyline just because, you know, she gets down to one and she's sold and then she has to, you know, go to the other tribe and, and try to make it work. And she makes uh, it through two votes and then... Yeah. I mean, I didn't think she was really that much of a standout until the numbers started dwindling, dwindling down on her on her team, on her tribe. 
But um, storyline, I got to give it there. Uh, originality, she's the, you know... Hey, let, let, me, let me say it in the words of James Clement. She's the only person to have it go down to just one person on her tribe. <laughs> yes. Um, everyone thinks, oh, she's such a strong, amazing physical competitor, and yet she has won very, very few challenges. So I don't know where that stereotype started. Like, who made that, that myth? Because if you it, think about it, she was in Survivor Cloud, where her tribe lost every challenge. She was on the Yasha tribe. Well, she was on the Nakum tribe for a little bit, too. But she was on the failure of a Yasha tribe in Survivor Guatemala. And then she went on to Heroes vs. Villains, and they lost the first two immunity challenges, and she was out. Yeah, I think it came from, oh, she's the last person. She's there all by herself. She's so strong. Look at how far she made it just on her own. They're taking that into consideration and not actually taking into her individual performances on challenges. She may have the worst stats of any survivor competitor who's played more than X number of challenges. Like, other than Mike Barassi or something, like, she may have the worst stats. Yeah. Uh, people can uh, let us know if they figure out what uh, who ha who actually has the worst stats, <laughs> but uh, or if there was an unaired Survivor season where she just dominated everything and she just like carried her entire tribe on her back, we'd love to see it. Yeah, yeah. We don't know where this myth started. But uh, yeah, so I think entertainment. She she was pretty entertaining. Um, storyline, obviously Palau. She had a a big storyline. The other one's not quite as much. And uh, originality, I don't think we've had someone quite like her. And again, it's a uh, she has like the reverse Jerry Manthe. Right. She has it. She was this big hero her first season, and then she became a villain the next. So kind of like Ozzy. Yeah. Where I, personally, I would say Ozzy Mo turned into a douche, <laughs> like than like a, a mastermind villain, like. He tried to be the mastermind villain. It didn't work out too well for him. Yeah. But uh, Stephanie was a villain, and it was mainly because she was, her tribe was in control that we were really annoyed with her, and she was choosing to align with Judd and Jamie and all these other people. And she said some comments that were just annoying and mean. But where does she fall on our list? Or does she fall on our list? I think she does. You think she does? You're... Stephanie fandom. I'm not a huge fan of Stephanie. <laughs> um, I would put her pretty low, probably around the Cast Sierra area. Uh oh, I saw who's next. That's all right. Let's put uh, her first. Um, Sierra frame. I would say. I would put her around Ozzy. What do you think? I'm just thinking, like, who would I rather see back on Survivor? But that's not our judging criteria. That's not our judging criteria, but if we're talking about entertaining characters, you say Ozzy and I say Cass Sierra, so why don't we put her in either in between Ozzy and Cat or in between Cat and Cass? Let's put her at 17. Okay. That mean, You know what that means. That means poor Mike Scoopin is off the top 20. And now Sierra Easton is on the bubble. Let's move on to the next one. You already saw him, so no uh, no need to cause um, suspense. Malcolm Freeberg from I just want to I just want to note. Did we just uh, burn Mike Scoopin from the list? 
We did not burn him. He slowly fizzled out. Okay, I just wanted to make sure. He was the very first person we talked about, Jeff. I remember. So I just didn't know if we, if you could say that we had burned him. No, he slowly and slowly and slowly died until there was no flame. All right, Malcolm. Malcolm Freeberg. I'll share my thoughts. I think Malcolm uh, was very entertaining. He was another person that you just rooted for. He has a natural charm and charisma that uh, makes you like him. And, you know, he, he does good confessionals. He's savvy. And he had this, um, talking about storyline, he had the storyline of, you know, being on, again, one of the worst tribes in Survivor history, Matt Singh, who lost four challenges in a row and voted four people off down to two people, managed to go on another tribe, survive that, and make it all the way to the top four, and then to lose it because he has shaky hands. Um so I think he had a great storyline. I think he was very entertaining, very likable. Um, originality may be his weakest. I mean, there's other charismatic people who've gone a long ways, but I do think he is somewhat unique as well. Yeah, I would agree with you. And I think also you can't overlook his storyline in Karamoan, where he was part of that underdog alliance who gave us two really amazing tribal councils with all the hidden immunity idols and the craziness happening. And he was also the first person to use the threat of a hidden immunity idol in the way that he did in Survivor Philippines. Yes. And so I think he should get some credit for that in terms of, I don't know if that'd be originality or, or entertainment. So I, I love Malcolm. I, I think he's a great character. So where would he fall on our list? I would put him above his season's winner, John Cochran. I would definitely. Yeah, I would go I'm, probably I'm quite a bit higher. He's like number twelve. Twelve above Greg. Do you think he's below Greg? I'd probably put him actually between Corinne and Dreams because I like him a little bit better than Dreams, but I'm willing to hear arguments to the contrary. I think Dreams is just so original, and he brought so much. So much stuff to Fiji that the season wouldn't be the same without him, whereas Malcolm was very entertaining, very fun. Um, but I don't, I don't know. I think there's just something more unique and special about Dreams. Okay. I'm willing to, to do that. So it's between Greg and Dreams at number 12? Number 12, which means Sierra Easton is unfortunately off the list. Now, what's with all... With us putting a lot of these females at the bottom of our list, Jeff, I think I it's know. probably good. We need some we need some female representation. We do. We've got we've got we've got two females in the top ten right now, and only what six and seven. We got seven in the top twenty. Well, Eight. let's see who's next, and we'll seven. see what we can do. Okay. Oh no, we have we have, I wasn't counting Lil. Sorry. We have we have eight in the top twenty-three in the top ten. All right. Where, what season do you think we're going to next? I would say seasons 1 through 28. Oh, interesting. Let's see if uh, you're right. Let's go. Oh, Ken Huang. Ken Huang, you're right. Between one yes. and two. From go. Survivor at Gabon. Again, I'll talk about Kenny first because he's... Please do, because I'm not a huge Kenny fan. So. And I am a huge Kenny fan. Uh, Kenny's one of those people who... 
I just find fascinating purely from a storyline perspective. As someone who was a complete underdog, he was fish out of water in, in this thing. You know, he's a video game player. What does he know about being on Survivor? And somehow he manages to create alliance and sort of be the strategic mastermind. Then he takes all this power that he has of controlling the game and lets it completely go to his head and thinks he's the godfather and thinks he can just do whatever he wants and tell people whatever he wants. Just gets this big ego. And we've never really seen someone go, you know, like I said when I was um, talking earlier about Holly, someone who, you know, completely changes during one season. Um, and has this story arc of being this under rootable underdog to this villain that you just almost want to see get destroyed because he is so cocky and arrogant and thinks he's he's the greatest thing ever um, and really makes some bad blunders and ends up getting eliminated in fifth place. But uh, I just think um, entertain. I I find it very entertaining to watch him. Like I was rooting for him at the beginning and to see him, you know, come to this point and to really see. You know, when people get power, what do they do with it? And so for some people, it just corrupts them. And it's just sort of fascinating to watch, I think. And I don't think we've ever seen a storyline like that since. So as far as originality, I don't think we've ever seen someone go from underdog to villain in one season. Uh, David, I'd like you to answer a quick question for me. Who was it in the end who finally burned Kenny? Uh, That would be Sugar. Hmm, Was it Sugar? Who didn't give Kenny immunity with the night he got voted out? Okay, I don't think it was Bob that burned Kenny. I think I think Kenny was being arrogant and dumb and was rubbing everyone the wrong way. So I don't give that credit to Bob, but okay, I see your point. Thank you. Now you may continue. <laughs> I, that's all I have to say, what are your thoughts on Kenny? Um, I was a fan of Kenny in the beginning. Gabon is a season that I watched like the first couple episodes, and then I didn't really watch it until the finale, so I didn't really get to watch all the middle of Ken um, and all the meaty parts, according to David. I did, obviously. I've, I've seen it since, and I, I enjoy Kenny quite a bit. Um, I don't know. He, I just never connected with him in the way that you did, so I, I believe you in everything you're saying. I just personally didn't connect with Kenny as a character in the same way that you did. But you do acknowledge his originality? I do acknowledge his originality. And the uniqueness of the storyline. I acknowledge the uniqueness of the storyline, not necessarily the greatness of the storyline. Okay, so you don't think that, that that's great of a thing? No. Interesting. Where would you put him on the list? I mean, I would put him pretty low, but I'm, I mean, obviously you're going to say... I'm assuming you want him around, like, 11, 12, 13... Not necessarily. I could see him in the 16 to 19 phase. 16 to I think he's higher than Cat. Okay, I I'll concede because I thought you were gonna go, I thought you were gonna push for that a lot higher. So no. Um. Do you, would you put Stephanie higher than Ken? Now you're like at, you're asking me. Hmm, what would I rather eat for dinner? A big plate of poop. No, I'm just kidding. I, they're both wonderful people, and it's all Survivor. Um, I just didn't particularly like or connect with either of them. Um, I would probably put Stephanie higher than Ken. Okay, then let's put Ken at 19, which means poor Chaos Cass is off the list, and Cat is now on the bubble. We have all these Ks here. Ken, Cat, Cass. Are you ready for the next person? Season... Oh... 
9 to 11. 9 to 11. We have Shamba Waters. So Season 9. 9 plus 11. Minus, minus 1. <laughs> That's Shamba. What are your thoughts on Shambo Waters? I was one of the few Shambo fans during season 19 because I thought she uh, really gave a lot of entertainment. Would now, granted, a Sham fan. Oh man, yeah, I guess it would. I didn't know that was a thing. I just made it up right now, Jeff. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, no, I was a fan of Shambo. Uh, I, I'm not I mean, I, don't, I wasn't a big fan of the fact that she's kind of the reason Russell made it so far. Uh, and she was also an antagonist to my favorite person from season 19, who I'm sure we will be talking about later on in the uh, podcast. But, um, no, I liked her. I thought she provided a lot of entertainment. Uh, definitely kind of a little bit of crazy. It was fun to watch people deal with her, especially Laura Moret, who... Laura, like, her confessionals almost seemed like Laura didn't actually know what was going on, and she was more frustrated than anything during her confessionals. She's like, just, who is this lady? I don't know what's happening. Am I being punked, or what's going on? And so it was fun to watch people deal with Shambo. Um, I don't know. I liked her. I liked her. Yeah. Um, I think entertainment-wise, uh, she's phenomenal. I think that's her strongest... Uh, attribute. I mean, it was really good. I think they had a really good person to sort of compare and contrast with Russell as someone who they're both outrageous. One is very much strategizing and playing the game, and the other one is completely not. <laughs> so, so to see both sort of crazy people on both sides, um, and that, that's the only two people they really spotlighted, you know, and really showcased a lot during that season. But uh, I I would actually love to see her come back. I think um, I think she brought a lot of entertainment. Her storyline, I mean, it was she she was misunderstood. She was an outcast. She joined Russell, and she got screwed over anyways. So I mean, it's not like the greatest storyline, but I do yeah, think actually she was invited back and she said no. Yes, yes. Um, but uh, actually, I think that originality wise there's no one really like her so I'd say originality entertainment very high storyline not so much I would agree so where should we put Shambo on the list do you see her higher than Cochran I would say I'd say just below Cochran actually just between Cochran and Ozzy between Cochran and Ozzy I would say she's maybe higher than Cochran what what's your defense for Cochran Hire. I think Cochran in season 23 had a really great uh, entertainment value, and I think in uh, in season 26, I thought he gave a good multi-season story arc. But uh, I, I mean, I'd be willing to put him just above Cochran. I'm not, I'm not, I'm when I, I met her, uh, I'm not dead set on Cochran being number 16. Let's let's put her above Cochran. You know what that means? What? that we have to say goodbye to someone who I love. Yes. Cat is off the list. Cat's just one of my favorites. I love Cat. Life goes on. And now my guy Ken is on the bubble. At least he was on the list for a little bit. That's true. He got a taste. He got a taste of the fame. Yes. And really, oh, there's only, only two people have even the... Or no, one, three people, excuse me, have even the opportunity to pull Michael Scoop in and uh, 
see every spot on the list. That's true. Yeah, man, and Richard. So. Well, how about we move on to the next person? Okay. How about season? Give me a season two through four. Rob Mariano. Boom, baby. Starting in Survivor Marquesas and then moving on to All-Stars, Heroes vs. Villains, and Redemption Island. Thoughts on Rob Mariano? I uh, I love um, Rob Mariano. Um, especially Season 4. Season 4, Rob Mariano is great. I actually just rewatched the episode of Season 4 where he gave like his really famous confessional where he just bashes the entire Rotu tribe. And I, that's just one of the greatest moments, I think, in one of the first couple seasons of Survivor, where he goes through and just every single person on the uh, on the Road to Tribe just tears them apart, and it is just hilarious. I don't know. I love Rob. I like him a lot better when he's younger and has a little bit more spunk about him. A little, he's willing to kind of kid around a lot more. Um, I'm a fan. I'm a fan. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, I think he's very entertaining. I mean, he's one of the most beloved survivor uh, people ever. I think um, I think he's brought something unique to each of his seasons. I think um, Maramu, I mean, Marquesas, when he was on Maramu, it was very, uh, he was just a very brash, very young kid, and you could tell his age. Um, and he just liked, I he just liked to cause chaos, which was the thing. And then, and when he came back for All-Stars, I think he had a chip on his shoulder, wanted to prove that he could win the game, but he he did so, you know, tearing everyone down in the process and playing a very, I would say, Russell-esque game where you're sort of <laughs> being rude to people on the way out, you know, on their way out, as well as, you know, outplaying them. Um, and then he comes back, and, and I wasn't a big fan of him after All-Stars. I was not on the, the Rob Mariano train, but then... Coming back from Heroes versus Villains, I really liked him on there. I thought he was a good pre-merge person to root for. You know, it was him versus Russell. That storyline was great. And then you come back to Redemption Island, and while the the season itself has often been cited as one of the worst and one of the most boring, because it's very predictable. I remember when I first watched it every week, I was saying, you know, Rob brings it. Like he knows how to entertain. Um, the audience. He knows how to play to the cameras. He knows how to do stuff. Even simple things like taking the clue and throwing it in a volcano. You know, he knows the things that he needs to do to keep the audience entertained. So while overall I would say that season is not very entertaining, I think Rob Mariano was definitely entertaining in it. I would definitely agree. Um, that being said, storyline, he's had some great storylines. And, and if you look at his storyline throughout the four seasons... Very great as well. Um, and originality, you know, I don't think there's anyone... We have. We compare a lot of people to Boston Rob, but we don't compare Boston Rob to a lot of people. Yeah, I would agree. I'd say the closest person to Boston Rob in terms of gameplay is Kim Spradley. Interesting. I would say Redemption Island Rob, probably. Yes, that's I what I mean. Say- like, like I said, I would actually say, you know, I think Rob was very similar to Russell in All-Stars. You know, people I, uh, were, were saying, like, oh, Rob should have won All-Stars. And 
I think he lost for a reason. I think he was doing the same thing that Russell did, and of course everyone says Russell deserved to win too. But I, I, I am a firm believer that the part of the game is, yes, outplaying people, but you have to do it so that they at least still respect you enough to give you the money. And I think he learned that lesson. Yeah, I think, and we got to see that. He, he learned from it, he improved, um, and, and he really you know thrived on Redemption Island. And I honestly think he probably... If Tyson hadn't flipped and voted for Parvati, I think Boston Rob probably would have won. He was very possible. Very possible. So, I think he's going to be high on our list. Where Where are you thinking? Um, I'd put him up around uh, probably Tyson and Tom, to be honest with you. Maybe even higher. Do you think he's better than Lil? I think his storyline is better than Lil. I think his, uh, I mean, I don't think he's quite a, I don't know. I would probably put him above Lil under Judd. I would almost put him above Judd under Yao. Um, okay, so let's go. Who do you think is more entertaining, Judd or Rob? <laughs> That's so hard. Entertaining. What I'm does gonna that word say, even I'm mean? I'm going to say Rob. He brought it every single season. It's true, four seasons. And uh, storyline, you'd probably say Rob, too, I'd assume. Yeah. And then originality. I'd probably go with Judd on originality. Yeah, Judd, I, Judd wins on originality. I'd probably... I'd, I'd agree with you. Let's put Rob above, Rob above Judd. All right. And like we said, we can always shuffle this around later on. All right, moving on. Where do you think we're going next? That was season four, eight... 20 and 22, so... I did them all based on their first seasons, if that helps. Okay. Um, Let's go season 12 through 14. We are going to... Suri Fields, season 12. From Survivor Panama and from Survivor Micronesia and Heroes vs. Villains. What is your thoughts on Suri? I liked Suri in Panama. I don't understand the Suri love for Micronesia. I have to be honest with you. Um, I I would agree. I'm I'm very much pro Yao Man, which made me anti Sari. Right. Because those two things were zero sum in Survivor Micronesia. Yes. Now I don't disagree with her. I think it was a smart strategic move to get rid of Yao Man. I just don't understand why everyone thinks Sari should have won Micronesia, would have won Micronesia, you know, or what. So I but in Survivor Panama I love Suri. She has a great storyline in Survivor Panama. She goes from this person who's literally scared of leaves and is a boat away from going home on the first episode and who I was rooting for to go home on the first episode because the other person going home is Tina Shear, who lost her son in a car crash recently, is this huge outdoorsy woman, loves Survivor, loves, you know, the, the outdoors, versus this lady who's scared of leaves. I wanted Suri to go home in episode one. But she goes from that to almost dead in the water in episode two to a threat to win the game in episode in the finale, right, where they're literally, if she wins that fire-making challenge then either Terry or Suri win Survivor Panama. And so the fact that she's such a threat to win the game, I think, really, at, at the end, really shows how much she progressed throughout Survivor Panama. Yeah, I would say Panama, she has a, a very amazing storyline. Um, I would also say that 
I thought she was very entertaining in Panama as well, and even Micronesia. I think she has great confessionals, um, and she's very um, endearing, and you can relate to her, I think, a lot. So I think she has a lot of things going for her. Um, again, I, I was not as big of a fan. I wasn't rooting for her in Micronesia or Heroes vs. Villains, for that matter, because in Heroes vs. Villains, I was Colby and Tom, so I was very excited when she got out. But at the same time, I do think every season she's been in, she has been very entertaining. Um, and I don't think we've seen anyone quite like her. They've cast a lot of more bigger, black, older ladies, but none of them even compare. And I think there is a casting archetype that they're trying to achieve. With yes. People like uh, Sharia Lloyd and um, Cassandra Franklin, who they were trying to catch lightning in a bottle again with Sari but they just couldn't do it. Yep. Yep. So where would she fall on our list, Jeff? It's hard to get that first like pinpoint place, right, where you're like, okay, we're going to put her in this range. Yeah. Um, I'd put her probably in the 8 to 12 range. That's where I was seeing her. Um, do you think she's higher than Jerry? Yes. Than Rob C? No. All right, then let's put her at 10. Three fields at 10, which means we have now eliminated Stephanie LaGrosa. I'm not going to cheer because that would be insensitive, but I'm okay with that. Ozzy is now on the bubble. I'm surprised. I think a lot of people you know, would have Ozzy high on the list, but not us. But I see, I think a lot of people are like, yeah, Ozzy's one of the greatest characters. And then you ask them why. Like, what is so great about Ozzy? And they're like, oh, he's good at challenges. Yeah. Right? But I give you 100 people who are good at challenges. Maybe not 100, yeah. but I give you a bunch of people who are good at challenges. Give me a reason why Ozzy's one of the most entertaining characters ever, and people can't provide. Yep. Well, let's move on. Spencer Bledsoe from Survivor. I was actually going to say 26 through 28. I was. Hi, guy on. Spencer Bledsoe. I'll start this one off. I, um, I'm i a big fan of Spencer. I mean, I was rooting for him. He definitely has one of the great underdog storylines, being on an awful tribe, getting a little bit of power, then for her cast to snatch it right away from him, and for him to be an underdog the entire rest of the time. So a huge uh, underdog storyline. Uh, Entertainment-wise, it, it was compelling to see him, you know, consistently try and try to, you know get control of the game. I would a lot of people compare him to Malcolm or something. I would actually compare him most to Terry Dietz hmm. from Survivor Panama as someone obviously not quite the challenge thing, but someone who is like on the outs almost every episode after the merge and he's trying to get plans together and his plans don't really work, but he manages to stay into the in the game all the way till the finale. Yeah, that's the interesting thing about Spencer is a lot of people are like, oh my gosh, he was such, so good at the game, he's such a great player. I don't know that Spencer's actually a great player. I think he could be a great player, but we've not seen it because we've never seen a vote go in really his, or a plan really, go in his direction, right? We had a couple times where Tony and Wu were like, yeah, okay, we'll vote with you, and obviously the Alexis vote. But in terms of long-term strategy, we've never seen Spencer be successful. And I, I believe that he's a good player. I think it was just the fact that the cast of Survivor Kagayan was not going to play his way, and I think in another season he'd do really well. But I don't understand why everyone's like, 
oh my gosh, Spencer's the greatest player from Survivor Kageon. The fact that what Spencer didn't win Survivor Kageon. He was no. at the bottom the entire time. Everyone seems to forget that fact. Like he was clawing his way up at the top. It's just like Terry Dietz is not a great Survivor player. Yeah, I'm just interested to see if history is going to remember Spencer in the way that they remember Terry Dietz, or in the way that they remember like I don't know who's another person kind of like Spencer where nothing went his way, like Malcolm. Yeah, I would actually say the fan reaction to Spencer has been very similar to Terry Dietz. I mean, you have the people who like me. I I love underdogs. I loved seeing him play. You have some people who absolutely couldn't stand Spencer and thought he was just awful and wanted to see him go. Because I, w- I would see that online quite a bit. That there was really? Spencer haters, yeah. But uh, So I think he's just very... Div- Any underdog that is not actually in control, I, I think, has a lot of divisiveness between. So originality, I think he's fairly original. Entertainment and, and storyline is his strongest point. Absolutely. So does he crack the list? Is he better than Ozzy? I would say yes. You would say yes? Yeah. Better than Cochran? Only because of the picture you put on. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, <laughs> I, I would I would actually probably put him... Okay, so right now, can you go through 16 to the bottom? Because right now I have Kat on the list, even though I know she's not supposed Holly, to. Eliza, Shambo, Cochran, Ozzy. Shambo. I'd probably put him... Either above or below Eliza. I I can't see him being higher than Shambo. While he does have a better storyline than Shambo, he does not have better entertainment value or originality than Shambo. So you'd put him at 19? I could put him at 19. You know, in the end, only because in the end I don't think it's actually going to matter because they're probably both going to get kicked off the list, I can agree. Yeah, if, if it was me, I probably wouldn't even put him on the top 20. But uh, we'll, we'll keep him on for now, which means Ozzy is off the list. And Cochran is now on the bubble. All right. Moving on to the next one, where do you think we're going? That was 28, so we're going back to 17 through 19. Parvati Shallow. Close. 16, but 13 originally. Parvati Shallow. Thoughts on Parvati? It's actually funny because I bookend. I could have said 16 and I'd have got her. I could have said 20, but instead I went right in between where she appeared. Just saying. Um, Parvati, I think I I really I'm one of the few people who liked Parvati in Survivor Cook Islands. Most most people don't even remember her. Um, but I liked Parvati in Cook Islands. I've always been a fan of hers. When she wins Survivor Micronesia, I'm one of the few people who's like, yes, Parvati deserves to win Survivor Micronesia because most people think, oh, no, it should have been Sari. And then you get to Survivor Heroes vs. Villains and everyone seems like they're done with her, but I think she delivers again. So I'm a fan of Parvati. I think she was entertaining in all of her seasons. Um, Storyline-wise, I actually think she does have a pretty good storyline, especially between 13 and 16, where she kind of goes from the flirtatious one to the one who's able to win by flirting, like use her flirtatiousness as a way to propel her game forward. Also, I would say that she, in season 20, takes a step back in her storyline because she follows Russell a bit too much, right? She allows Russell to dictate her game. So I think that's a knock maybe against her storyline. It's not as consistent as some other people. But I'm a fan of her. 
Yeah, and uh, I was the exact opposite. I I was not a fan of Parvati in any of her seasons. Not to say that she wasn't entertaining or undeserving, but I was I I don't like the flirts that much. So for me, I was actively rooting against. <laughs> David doesn't like it when people flirt with him. Is what he's saying. Well, she wasn't flirting with me, Jeff. She was flirting with the survivors. And I think I think to myself, are you guys buying this? Like so for me, like I don't know. I, I root against I rooted against her in all three seasons. Um but I would say her entertainment I think actually grew with each season. I think she was most entertaining in Heroes versus Villains, actually. But uh yeah. Storyline wise, obviously, um Again, I think her best storyline is actually in Heroes vs. Villains because she was the target from day one and yeah, managed to, to get off of being a winner and managed to come by. And and while she was with Russell, I mean, as watching it, I think I think the jury actually viewed her more as following Russell than we as the audience saw. Because, I mean, she had the whole thing where she didn't tell Russell about the other idol and she was doing stuff on her own and she had her own game plan and just... I think they yeah, were both mutually they were using all them. they were all in order to propel her and Russell. Well, which, they were both mutually using each other. Right. But it came off as Russell using her more than her using Russell, I feel like. Yeah. So, uh, and that's just originality. I mean, we've seen lots of flirts, but I don't think we've ever seen any uh, of them as successful or compelling as her. Yeah, I'd agree. So where does she fall on the list, Jeff? I, I like I said, I'm a big fan of Parvati. I would put her probably in the Malcolm area, where we, you would put her lower, obviously, based on your the derision in your voice. I'd be willing to put her at sixteen. Sixteen, I can do sixteen. Which means Cochran is off the list, and Spencer is now on the bubble. Aren't you all happy now that we've gotten rid of Cochran? All right. Uh, before we move on, let me address one thing. Do you think... I think Shambo may be a little too low. You are a fan of Shambo today. I I think she brought a lot to her season. I think she was a very great character. Would you say that she's higher than Eliza? Or would you still stand that, no, Eliza is higher than Shambo? I'd be willing to put her higher than Eliza. All right, let's just move her up one spot then. Give her one extra spot before she's kicked off the list. Before the inevitable happens. Yes. Um, but Spencer on the bubble at 20, Eliza at 19, Shambo at 18. All right. Let's move on to the next one. Where are we going, Jeff? Season four through six. Twyla Tanner from Survivor. Oh, I was going to say six through nine. That's okay. What are your thoughts on Twyla? Um, I, I, Twyla, 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 Twyla. Twyla, I think, is definitely a unique character. Um, she should not, like, by all statistical measures of what makes a successful survivor, everything points to not Twyla, which is really interesting because she made the final two. So, um, I really like Twyla, in her season, I think that she brought it every episode, getting in fights and, you know, fighting with Eliza and 
you know, then fighting with Mia and then fighting with other people and Amy and everyone, right? Twilight fought with everyone. I love Twilight. Um, but like I said, she's so not archetypal. I think her strongest characteristic is her originality. Yeah. Um, I am a huge fan of Twilight, and I think she is... I think she's going to be right near the top of our list um, because I think that she, A, is very entertaining. Every episode, she, you know, very compelling to watch. You may not have always been rooting for her, but she had a presence and she made the game interesting. Storyline was... She's not one of those people who, at the end or something, when they're starting to give their final two speech... Your your friend who's watching Survivor with you doesn't go. I don't remember who that. Can you can you remind me who that is again? Yeah. Like you always know Twyla's there. Yeah. So that storyline, I thought she had a great one being on the outs because of her loud and vocalness and not getting along with the other you know younger women to manage of you know survive that, stay strong with the Women's Alliance and and then take the make that uh, big move and change the game completely and go towards the end. So I thought she had a huge storyline. Um, and like you said, originality, there's no one who's ever been like Twyla. Um, and I, I think that she she is one of the true Survivor characters that I think it's a shame that she's never been back. Yeah. And in fact, when they cast Survivor, or they cast reality TV Fear Factor, the two people who they picked as the biggest uh, Survivor characters were Johnny Fairplay and Twyla Tanner. Yep. So, where does Twyla fall on our list? Um, like you said, I think she's up near the top. Maybe the maybe above Lil. I don't know. I'm thinking she's right around two. Ooh, you got a big talker over here. All right, let's, you let's think she's go. better than Yao Man? Okay, entertainment wise, Twyla or Yao Man? Oh, that's tough. I would give entertainment to. Twyla. Originality. Twyla or Yao Man? I would give originality to Yao Man, probably. Really? Has there ever been anyone like Yao Man? Bob Crowley. Bob Crowley's not like Yao Man. (laughs) Okay. And also, Bob Crowley came after Yao Man. (laughs) So? So, Yao Man was original. Okay. Okay. I'm just saying, who's someone that's been like Twyla? No. <laughs> All right, and uh, storyline. Storyline, I'd definitely give to Yao Man. Yes, I would give storyline to Yao Man. Do you think she's higher than Rob? Yes, I'll put her at three. And I, I just, I, Yao Man is one of my favorites. So I'm. All right, I'm we'll, put her at, we'll put her at three for now. For. <laughs> not spend too much time. But David, right. I gave I gave you so many people down near the bottom of the list. You should give me this one. I said I I put her at three. No, I know I'm I'm messing with you. All right, which means that uh, poor old Spencer is off the list and Eliza is on the bubble. Which I think would make Twilight pretty happy. <laughs> Probably. All right, moving on. Where are we going? Season. 14 to 16. Bob Crowley. Oh, I was close. I love Bob Crowley. Your man, Bob. I love Bob. Uh, you better start on Bob, then. Okay, entertainment value. Bob, 
is incredibly entertaining. And I'm saying this mostly because I know that he's not going to probably make our final 20 list. So David's nice enough to just give me kind of my moment to talk about Bob every podcast, and then we can move on and everyone's happy. Bob Crowley. Bob is one of the more entertaining characters Survivor has ever seen. He's this old man who just loves the outdoors, and he lives in Maine. Like, Bob lives Survivor, is what Bob does for a living. Yeah, he teaches physics, but he also lives Survivor. If, you, if you're friends with him on Facebook, or if you've ever kind of seen what he does outside of Survivor, it's basically Survivor in Maine. Um, and so Bob provides some great entertaining moments, such as when he's fixing the hut, and Corinne refers to him as the Forever Boy Scout, and you're like, yeah, that's Bob. That makes a lot of sense. And the uh, fake hidden immunity idol with Randy, I will remind you, is Bob. And uh, just some of the best moments of the season, I think, in terms of storyline. Bob obviously has a great storyline because he goes from this weak old man who uh, people don't really expect to make very far to going on this immunity. He, then he becomes the underdog, and everyone's just, he's going to get voted out after Corinne. And then he goes on this immunity run, wins every immunity but the final immunity, and then you finally think, oh, Bob's going to get voted out, final immunity, that really sucks. But then Sugar gives him a chance, because she's a wonderful person, and uh, and he ends up winning. So that's a great storyline. In terms of originality, I don't think there's been many people like Bob, despite David's contention that Yao Man is like Bob. Um, especially not people who make it that far in the game. People who just are underdogs and then uh, come back to finally win after a big immunity run that no one's expecting. And I don't I, I'm a Bob fan. Yeah. I know. <laughs> David uh, has to hear a lot more about Bob than you guys do. So. To, me, to me, I think, you know, as as you said, you get the stuff about Kenny, but it's not compelling to you. I, I have the same thing with Bob, that I get what you're saying, and I understand it, but it's, I just did not, it did not compel me. It's okay. You're allowed to be wrong. <laughs> yeah. So um, I'm willing to put him a nice little spot right above Ken. Above Ken. I like how you, Well, Ken's not even on the list anymore. No. <laughs> <laughs> you jerk. I, I was letting you go above Ken. I was giving you a nice. Now I'll put him below. All right. <laughs> Going below we- Ken now. Can we just, since both him and Eliza are going to eventually be off the list, can we just put him at 20th so we can at least taste the list? No. <laughs> we let Ken taste the list. That, we didn't have 30 people. <laughs> are you honestly telling me that you, if a season were to happen, you'd rather see Eliza Orleans come back than Bob Crowley? I think Eliza is a better character than Bob. Can we just put him at 21, just like a little, like a permanent 21st place? Not permanent, <laughs> but I will put him at 20, number 21 right now. Bob Crowley. Thank you. You're welcome. I think you said above Ken, and I was like, oh, wow. I, and then I realized Ken's not on the list. Anymore. Yeah, he's number 25 <laughs> oh. right now. Oh, God. <laughs> All right, shall we move on? Yes. So we have Bob. Where are we going next? Season four through six. Philip Shepard. Going the other way. I was close. Shepard. Survivor at Redemption Island and Caramoan. I'll talk about Philip. Philip is a character. Um, Most people um, are humans. 
and then they have a character portrayed on TV. Philip is a character. <laughs> like, I don't know how else to put it. Philip is, is a character. Um, from walking around in his pink underwear to arguing and fighting with people to, you know, having the lion and the gorilla to having his, you know, grandfather speak to him in that feather. There was a Stealth R Us. There was nothing that was not character-like. So I know a lots and lots of people found him so annoying. But to me, I found him very entertaining as a character and someone who I was like, what is he going to do next? Uh, storyline? I don't think he has the greatest storyline. I mean, the first season, he's sort of just the goat that gets dragged to the end. That's his storyline. I mean, it's, it's not the greatest Storyline. The second season is, you know, he he's controlling the alliance, or you know, put himself in a, a pretty good position then to, you know, get out with the um, Malcolm's plan. So storyline, I don't think is the strongest boot, but uh, originality, I think he's very original. A lot of people like to compare him to Coach, but I think they're very different characters. Yeah, I I I like uh, Philip in season twenty two. I was so happy he didn't win; it was ridiculous. I just, I mean, he's just crazy, right? Like the guy is clearly he's either playing it up for the camera or he's actually legitimately crazy. So, uh, and on season twenty six, it's weird because he's actually play he actually plays a pretty good game on season twenty six, and most people uh, I think don't give him credit for that. But um, I I I like Philip. I don't really have much more to add than that. So where does Philip fall on our list? That is a good question that you have asked. Do you think Philip is higher than Suri? Yes. Yes. Higher than Sean? No. Hmm, interesting. You would put him higher than Sean. I think he's right around here. Um, I was going to put him under. I was thinking under Rob at 11. You're thinking under Rob, okay. So then putting him under Sean is compromising. Well, uh, I was going to put him at first <laughs> so we could compromise and have him at fifth. Yeah, that's fine. Putting him under Sean. All right, so number 10, we'll put Philip at number 10 right now. And I think that means, are we going with the same amount this podcast as we did last podcast? Yeah, we're just about... Uh, so that means we have one more. So uh, poor... Poor Eliza is now off the list, and we are going to be doing one final more person for this podcast. Just throw out a name, and we'll see if it is. No seasons. We'll go for perfect. Just throw out a name? Yep. Specific person. Who's next? Oh, God. Okay, I'm going to say that was Philip. So seasons one through three, we'll give it season three. We'll give it Lex. John Dalton. A.K.A. Oh. Johnny Fairplay. He plays very fair. This is a good way to end. Johnny Fairplay. Thoughts on Johnny? Johnny Fairplay, I mean, there's a reason he's considered one of the greatest villains, one of the biggest characters, one of the most entertaining people to ever play the show, right? Like, when he walks in the room, people are disgusted because he's pretty much a scumbag and a horrible person on Survivor and, well, we won't even mention anywhere else. But... Um, yeah, I mean, the grandma lie is one of the greatest moments in Survivor history. Not even, there's no qualifier to that. It's not like one of the greatest moments in the first couple seasons of Survivor, the first, you know, six. It's the, one of the greatest moments in Survivor history. It's just perfect, and it's well well uh, planned, and uh, and he just, he's just great. 
he's just great. And watching his fall is even greater because it's Sandra who gives it to him. Yeah, I think removing removing that he was even in Micronesia, I think um, that... He wasn't in Micronesia. That his storyline in Pearl Islands is phenomenal. Everyone wants a good villain, and for him to lose right before the finals is is awesome. Very entertaining. I mean, you hated the guy. You loved to hate him, but you wanted to see what he's going to do next. And you, every week, you wanted to see him get his his due. Um, and originality. I don't think we have seen someone like Johnny Fairplay ever. I know some people compare him to Russell, but I think they're very, very different games. Yeah, I, I absolutely agree. Because Johnny actually, I think, would have won Survivor Pearl Islands if he was in the end. Yeah. With Lil, at least. Maybe, I don't know. With Sandra, probably he would have won. But with Lil, he definitely would have won. So let's... Um, I think he's pretty high. You think he's number one material or no? Oh, that's the thing. With Richard up there, that's a tough... I mean, those, those, I mean the Richard and Johnny Fairplay are one and two. I think Johnny's above Yao Man. I think it's just a debate of who's better. All right. Who's more entertaining, Hatch or Fairplay? I would give entertainment to Fairplay. Who's more original, Hatch or Fairplay? They're both so original. you got to give it to Hatch probably, right? Yeah, you have to. And who has the better storyline, Richard Hatch or Fairplay? And to me... Probably Richard, I would say. And see, I was going to say Fairplay. Because to me, I think it's always a better storyline to see the villain fail than the villain win. You want to see the guy, you know, fail. You want to see the guy you've been rooting against all season get his due finally in the end. Yeah, but we can't, I mean, you say forgetting he was in season six. You can't just completely discount the fact that he did come back. Okay, if we're counting second seasons, obviously Richard Hatch surpasses Fair Play. Yeah, there. I think that's actually a pretty good tiebreaker because if we think they're about even on the we we're split on that last one, which means they're tied, right? Who had a better second season performance? I think is a pretty fair tiebreaker. All right, so we'll put Johnny Fairplay at number two. All right, so here is our top twenty as of right now. Number twenty, Shamba was just bumped off the list, so we have Holly Hoffman. Number nineteen, Parvati Shallow. Number eighteen. Greg Buis, number 17, Malcolm Freeberg, number 16, Dreams Heard, number 15, Corinne Kaplan, number 14, Jerry Manthe, number 13, Sari Fields, number 12, Rob Cisternino, number 11, Philip Shepard, number 10, Sean Rector, number 9, Tyson Apostle, number 8, Tom Buchanan, number 7, Lillian Morris, number 6, Judd Sargent, number 5, Rob Mariano, number 4, Twyla Tanner, Number three, Yao Man Chan. Number two, Johnny Fairplay. And number one, Richard Hatch. So we will be back for another edition of this podcast to keep going and working on this list. We've gone through over half the, the people on the list now, so there's still quite a few big characters to come and maybe a couple Bob Crowleys along the way. So we will... Uh, so we will... Uh, we will continue this, but we thank you guys so much for listening. Be sure to share with us your thoughts. Do you think we bumped someone off the list uh, that we shouldn't have? Do you think that there's people who are too high on the list? Let us know by checking out our Facebook page, David and Jeff Survivor Podcast, uh, and commenting there, or comment on our website, survivorpodcast.blogspot.com. And make sure that if you download us on iTunes, you hit the subscribe button because then not only do we get a cool little counter that tells us how many people have subscribed, but also the podcast shows up on your computer every week. You don't even have to do anything. It's just there. It's so wonderful. Hooray.
All right. So I think this is good, and I'm excited to see how the list progresses, Jeff. Me as well, Dave. Thank you guys so much for watching or listening. Uh, stay tuned for the next part, and stay tuned that we are going to be having Survivor Trivia coming back as well later this yes. summer, so you don't want to miss that. Thank you guys so much. Goodbye. Bye.